to hear yourself with the headphones on and it's like uh i sound like deeper sexier like a sexier version of myself well i'll tell you this so the roadcaster has an option on here for the microphone settings it's called the big bottom setting okay so what you're hearing right now is the big bottom yeah that, you got that big bottom that's why i sound awesome yeah <laughs> if it, only if only we could have the big bottom exactly in it fills me with confidence actually do you think that I mean, I guess I wouldn't be that surprised if at some point in time when we're all living in the simulation, you know, we all have headphones on and we're all listening to each other speak through headphones yeah. constantly. Yeah. The big bottom will or, play a big yeah, part. Yeah, you can augment whatever, right? Yeah, I think that that's, that's a, a given, I think. I don't think it's an if. I think it's a when. <laughs> I think it's a when. For sure. It's going to be scary times. <laughs> it's going to be real scary. All right. Well, fuck it. Everything's rolling. Everything's going. We got some beers. We got some wave files recording. Yeah. Uh, only thing left to do is this. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. This right here. You're looking at it. You're listening to it. want to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, thanks for coming back. And uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, Cheers my nice. friend. Cheers. Cheers. I'm sitting here today to my left, to your right, if you're watching on the TV, is my somewhat recent yeah, new acquaintance new, new friend. Yeah. We, yeah. we met recently. We're going to get into all of that. But his name's Paul Neal. He does That's a lot right. of stuff. He's a really nice guy, and uh, hey, we're really happy to have you here, and the internet's happy to see you. Wow, so, that's not, that is thanks. a nice round of applause. Thanks, thanks for Brian. being here. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't even know where to start with you, because there's a lot of different things. So, why don't you a few things. just put yourself out there and let the people know, like, why the fuck are you here? I, uh, <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, I'm, I moved to, my wife and I moved to Pittsburgh May 2nd. So we're relatively new transplants from the Chicago Welcome. area. Thank you. Welcome. Pittsburgh is the bomb. I've, uh, I've said this often now, actually. There's, um, I haven't met like a true asshole in Pittsburgh. Oh. And I'm sure they exist somewhere, but like a guy that you just meet and you're just like, that guy's a fucking asshole. I haven't I haven't <laughs> met that yet. That's good. Do you know any assholes in Pittsburgh? I know a few. You do? Okay. Yeah, totally. All right. I haven't met them yet, so keep them away from me. Yeah. Uh, so we moved here uh, mostly because our kids are out of the house on their own, got jobs, all of that stuff, and we could live anywhere. So we decided to live in Pittsburgh because I truly love Pittsburgh. Um, and I had to convince my wife to love Pittsburgh, but it wasn't so hard. We came and checked out houses over a period of about um, 18 months, and we ended up on the south side, and it's been, it's been pretty awesome. Uh, one of the reasons is because I've been in lots of bands over the years. Music. St music, yeah. Punk rock. Starting with a band that I'm still in in Germany called Doping the Void. <laughs> uh, so I work for a German company as my day job. And uh, I, I lived in Germany for a long time and started this band with these guys. And then when I moved back, we just sort of kept it together. That's awesome. Um, and so we played like 2008, maybe, at the Moose downstairs before they had the upstairs. Oh, part. yeah. Yeah. OG. For, the, yeah. for those of you out there that, <laughs> that don't know, there used to be shows downstairs yeah. at the Smiling Moose. And the upstairs at the Moose looked a lot different than it does now. There was like pinball machines or something yeah. up there. Yeah. It, was, it was actually kind of sweeter. 
Um, but we don't got to get into that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was my first time I met, uh, lefty, uh, Jared Johnston, mm-hmm. who I'm in a band with now that I've moved to Pittsburgh. So he was like the first dude I met here. Um, and over the year playing in different bands coming through Pittsburgh, I met a lot of people, uh, famously polka capolka oh uh, yeah. yeah shout outs to that yeah. motherfucker he is he's a legend and he he became a really good friend and again perpetually the, 18 years old <laughs> he's the, he's the, <laughs> there is not a more fun dude to be no, around no he's great he's a great yeah. dude um so last night we had competing shows speaking of polka yeah uh i played the half covered halloween show that's put on by some guy nameless uh, yeah shout derek, outs to derek derek does a good job all the time yeah um and you had a show at Full Pint. Yeah, Full Pint, we had the yeah. Sykes and the New Violence Halloween party. If you were there, thanks for being there. If, if you, you were at Paul's show, yeah. thanks for being yeah, there too. Exactly. It's so, not it's not a competition. It's all there's no way for all of the people that are doing stuff to not play shows at the right. same time. And it's just a, it's an unfortunate side effect of a thriving music community. And that's what I, I do want to talk about that a bit. Um, but getting back to Polka in the show last night, I played um, a super fun time song. And then I played the song Polka Kapolka by the Danzas. Uh, <laughs> in honor of the Danzas, it was their first show after two years. Yeah. Shout outs to them, yeah. too. They've been on the yeah. show. So, yeah. Shout outs to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so I did those two back to back, and it, it was uh, it was a good time. Uh-huh. So that's a long, uh, a long winded way of saying that I've done a lot of shows. I met a lot of people and decided to move here in the end. Um, and I still have, a, like I said, I still have the, the band in Germany. I still have a band in Chicago called Simon Ferocious. Uh, those guys were just here. We started recording a new album, and we did awesome. some shows. Um, and then I have the band here, the Richard Move uh, with uh, with Lefty. And uh, and then I have my little label and I'm helping out at 222 Ormsby. So that's kind of all the yeah. stuff that's happening. So for a lot of the Pittsburgh people here, the thing that's probably going to perk the most attention is 222 Ormsby. Yeah. Because, you know, recently revitalized venue, a legendary venue for Pittsburgh underground music that, you know, was taken away from us. And now it has been brought back. Yep. Thanks to some people and yourself included that's helping a lot with stuff there. So let's get into like the stuff that you're doing at Ormsby. So Dave Isod bought it uh, a year or two ago and um, mostly because he loved the venue and he loved the scene. Even someone like me who's not from Pittsburgh had heard of it. I'd never played there before, but I'd certainly heard of the venue. Um, it really is a legendary DIY spot um, and not just for Pittsburgh. Um, so he bought it and he wanted just to continue to do shows. Um, but he, same sort of thing. He ran into trouble with the borough and noise and all that stuff. And they did a few shows, had to cancel a few shows. And then earlier this year, he basically reached an agreement with, with Ormsby that, um, or sorry, with the borough, uh, Mont Oliver, that uh, if he followed certain rules and he could do shows again. Yeah. So I saw an interview with him in the paper um the city paper and in it he said something like you know well we're just you know trying to figure it out and we don't really know what we're doing and if anybody wants to help out they should contact me and so i knew i was moving so i contacted him and said i want to help out because i had been doing shows in chicago for a couple of years i had put on uh uh four shows a month at two different venues, the the brewery I'm wearing, Miskatonic Brewing Company, shout out to them. They're awesome. They're in the 
Chicago suburbs. So I did a couple of shows there a month and then at a, a bowling alley called Tivoli Bowl. And so I had some experience with that sort of stuff. So I told Dave that I'd be happy to help out and help him do shows. And, and that's basically how it started. So either Dave is there or I'm there on show nights. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, of course the positive side effect for me is that I can book my own shows or, you know, put people on that, that I want to get, get out of towners to come in and hell yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been cool. Yeah. It's a super valuable resource. It's, I'm glad that that place is back up and running. I'm glad that the people that are doing stuff there seem to be reasonably responsible. No shade towards any of the previous people that have run shows at Ormsby. <laughs> some of them are great people. Some of them not so great. We were talking a little bit about assholes. There's definitely been some <laughs> assholes that have been involved in that space that you need to avoid. Uh, you may know who I'm talking about. If you're watching this, we don't got a name drop, but fuck them. It happens. And, you know, a big part of that, I mean, that's a big part of the reason why su supposedly mm -hmm. some of those people are a big part of the reason why Ormsby stopped being a thing. Well, the so the people attending the shows now have been super respectful. So part of the problem is, you know, people go outside and smoke or whatever, and they're noisy and they drink and, and that because it's a residential. Yeah, it's usually like the side effects. It's yeah. not the show itself. Right, it's like the right. dumb little shit. Like somebody right. leaves a f fucking, you know, a can of beer yeah. on a sidewalk and yeah. then that just fucking ends everything. Yeah. So the, it, and it really is. So I can see the point from the resident. It's just it's all houses around it. There, mm -hmm. there isn't anything else. Um, uh, but er so far all the shows have been, been pretty well attended and people have been super respectful and it's been really, really positive. So that's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, you get smart people that have an understanding of just how to do something respectful and pay attention to those little extra things. Like if people are being noisy outside, it's like, Hey, just tell them that shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then, you know, don't <laughs> leave your garbage laying around. Yeah. And, you know, work with bands that you at least have some sort of an idea of yeah. who they are, what yeah. they're doing, the yeah. kind of crowd they're going to bring, and you'll have, like, a healthy environment. Yeah. And it so one of the things is you can't smoke inside, but you can't drink outside. Okay. So it's always, like, decision time. <laughs> what am I going to do? Do I want to smoke more or do I want to drink more? Uh -huh. So it's uh, people, like, get to the door with a cigarette and a beer, and then they have to decide what they're going to do. That's so funny. It's great. Yeah, but, hey, you know, that, that's the thing that, I guess growing up, you gotta, you gotta. Uh, it's not very punk rock, but you gotta give into some <laughs> rules at some point in time. Unfortunately, yeah. So the so the venue's been great, and um, uh, so my little label is called Katzulu Productions. Um, Katze is the German word for cat. We have four cats at home, and uh, Cthulhu, of course, is the uh, old one, ancient monster from mm -hmm. Lovecraft stories. You're part of him, yeah. Uh, he's going to come and well, the, all of the ancient ones are going to come and destroy the world at some point. Yes. So get your shit together before that happens. Yeah. That's my advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the name comes from. Everybody says, you know, that's a dumb name because I can't spell it, which, yeah, okay. I get that. It's, it's not, uh, it's not intuitive to spell, but it's Katsulu Productions. So that's my little label. Uh, I started it because I wanted to put out records that I performed on. And then it's now grown a little that's the bit. the majority of yeah. most labels start. <laughs> I think it? that's the, I think that's how it goes. <laughs> that is the primary reason for anything, right? <laughs> I want to put my own music out. Uh -huh. There's something really satisfying to having physical copies of something that you made. It's, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so then I started 
doing short run releases of bands that I like, like this band Radar in Chicago, who I like a lot. So I, I put out a full length vinyl for them last year. Um, so the new thing that I'm doing with Ormsby is we started um, about a quarterly event called Live from 222 Ormsby. Yeah. And the idea there is that we record a show from a band and re- we release it on short run. So the first one was a couple of months ago. It was the Crooked Cobras, um, who are, in my opinion, the tightest band in in Pittsburgh. So if you're in a band out there and you think you're tighter than the Cobras, I would like to hear you. Cool. Yeah. Hit them up. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we did the first one with them primarily because I knew they wouldn't be bad. Right. I've seen them a bunch. I knew they would crush it and everything would be great. So they wouldn't be a problem with the recording. Yeah. So they would be a good test for the gear that we bought and all of that. Um, And so I did the first mix. Everything sounds pretty good. We're going to release it hopefully here. End of this year, beginning of next year. Awesome. Um, The the show was well attended. We had the Homicides open who are cool. Another cool punk rock band from the area. And then uh, I... I did a post on Facebook uh, from my label page and also from the Ormsby page uh, looking for suggestions for the, for the, for number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the suggestions, I don't know if it was from you, but there was a suggestion on there for, for Grey Walker. It was not from me. Wow. I would never throw my own band's <laughs> name into the ringer for something like that. I'm like, Way too unfortunately <laughs> modest to be that type of person. I'm really? just not. You don't want to put your own band over. No, I, I, not on something like that. Like, like who's a good band from Pittsburgh that we? I'm not going to be like, oh, check out my band because that's like that's it's so whatever. A it's lot like, of bands do that. I know, I get it, but it's like <laughs> I want that recognition. Like, if we were to get, you know, if we were to get selected or something, I just want that to come from other people. Uh-huh. I don't want it to be for me. Uh-huh. Personally. So then so how do you get on shows? Let's take a little sidebar here. So how does Grey Walker I mean get on shows? That's I would say those are two different things. Okay. You know what I mean? If okay. it's something I mean for something like live from 222 Ormsby where it's like okay. you're looking for something very specific, I'm not right. going to be like, "Yo, check out my band." But if somebody's <laughs> like, "Hey, I'm looking for some bands to play shows." Right, yeah, okay. Then I, I I'll be like, "Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we have a metal band if you want a metal band." Yeah. Or yeah. obviously, if we're like trying to play out of town, it's like, hey, you know, yeah. we're a metal band. But okay, that's fair. That, it's just, that, it's, that makes sense. I try to avoid doing it on a situation where it's like I'm putting myself on a pedestal above other people. Like my band's the shit, even though we are. But you know, just, I would agree. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> like to. Uh, I just don't like to do that. It's just. It just feels really. I don't know. Corny. That's also. I think that that's. I don't know if that's specific to the pittsburgh scene but i have found that bands in general here are really supportive of other bands which is not the same experience like in chicago where i was where we recently lived it's 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 very much like here's our click of bands and everybody else outside of our click can fuck off yeah um we play with the same bands all the time and these are the venues that we play at and you can't play it i mean we do have that here for sure i don't feel it like certainly not in the punk rock scene yeah Maybe not. I don't know because I honestly am not tied enough to the punk rock scene. Um, I mean, obviously, my big ties would be with uh, metal. Yeah. Which yeah. we definitely have that in the metal scene. There's like, it's just like this big split. And it tends to be like there's the bands that are more like traditional metal that don't mm-hmm. want to fuck with like us metalcore kids. <laughs> and it's like, whatever. Like, you know, 
I like Thin Lizzy too. Let's fucking hang out. But you know, they're fucking weird. It's just like I say this a million times. It's like if we were in high school, we'd we would have all sat at the same fucking lunch table yeah. and been yeah. having a fun time. But like now it's like, oh, we can't fucking play on shows together. But that, that I think some of that comes from guitar players in particular who are really competitive, I find. I'm a guitar sure. player myself, but I play punk rock mostly because, you know, it's easy and I can jump around. If you're a metal guitar player, you have to concentrate on the shit that you're playing. Yeah. Uh, not to say you can't jump around and stuff, but there's it's a different like level. Uh, and And I do find that if you're a metal guitar player, like you're... You're comparing yourself constantly to the other guitar players. I think around. that's natural, but it's just, it seems so weird. It's just like, I mean, like, luckily we've been able to, um, I mean, through some circumstances, you know, we've gotten onto bills with bands that, you know, we felt like, oh, maybe that band doesn't like us or those people, or maybe they thought we didn't like them, mm-hmm. but then we all get together and we're all talking about like, you know, Morbid Angel and Genesis and the same conversation. <laughs> we realize that we're all fucking nerds. Right. And it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, maybe cool. our stuff's a little faster and louder and your stuff's a little bit more classic or doomy or whatever. But like, we all love yeah, the same shit. Yeah. You know, we need to like stick together. So I know us as Greywalker try to like really break those barriers down. Yeah. And I'm always hitting up bands outside of our element to play with us, even yeah. if I think that they aren't going to agree to it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but at least we're trying. Yeah, that's that's cool. So then getting back to the the live from 222 thing, uh I got a lot of suggestions. It was it was great. There was um a good conversation happening. I learned a lot of Pittsburgh bands I'd never heard of, so like lots of new local music I can listen to, which I like to do. Um but Greywalker came up and then two people hit me up privately and said you should choose Greywalker. And you should talk to Brian Howe. Yikes. Well, so, here we are. <laughs> so that was that was like, I was, and that's when I contacted you and I said, hey, can we just like get together and talk? And that's when I met you for the first time and you work at a really cool job in that, like surrounded by records and t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. It's really. <laughs> total, total dork over here, man. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Music's my life for sure. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, uh, would you care to make the announcement uh, or should yeah, I? I think yeah, I think you should do it. Uh Grey Walker will be doing the next live from 222 Ormsby in December. Hit the uh, applause button. Oh, uh, I guess There you go. Very nice. I'm very very stoked on it. Uh I've kind of like alluded to us doing something in December. Okay, I think cool. a few times yep. to people and like but it hasn't been officially announced yet. So I guess this is the, this is the official the uh, first official yeah. announcement that yeah. we are doing it. It is um we haven't played a show in Pittsburgh in a while. And and this was intentional because we we want to pack this place out. And this will probably be our last Pittsburgh show for a bit too because we're like in the middle of getting a new album together and okay, stuff like cool. that. Um I'm going to throw the guys under the bus and I do think that we're probably going to be playing new stuff at this show too, nice. which will be sick because like there's something with me and kind of getting into like those traditional metal roots where it's like, okay, I understand that we're like a modern sounding metal band, but we're all really traditional in the sense of like, don't write something you can't fucking play live. Yeah. And like, you know, we, I love the idea of recording a live fucking record just to show people like, look, like this is what the fuck yeah, it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Fuck. I mean, granted, I'm also like a studio nerd. So I love like going in and recording something really nice and clean and having all For the fun sure. plugins. But those and are stuff. two different things. Yeah, they're right? two different yeah. worlds. Yeah, exactly. But like That's with like I a metal record, it. I just like love the idea of like, look, like this is 
fucking, you know, just some fucking guys in a room shredding, ripping it, recording it live, like no bullshit, no tricks. And I'm really stoked to have that opportunity to be able to do that and like show people because like I'm really, really, I think we have a really, really tight live show and I'm stoked to have the opportunity to be able to like show that to like more people outside of like the areas that we get to play. And so the, the way that we work it is we record the entire, so if you want to play for an hour and a half, you can play for an hour and a half. We'll record the whole thing. Um, but you got to choose songs that will fit on a record, a vinyl record. So it's 22 minutes aside. And then I'll put it out on my label. You guys get, of course, all the files. I'll make the whole show available if you want available from the site. Um, and then we basically, uh, print 50 records and you get 25. Cool. That's, that's the way that it works. Yeah. And then we try to sell the other 25 at Ormsby to keep the venue yeah, open. so I mean, if you're if you're gonna want one of those records, you better get on it because it's right it's, short run. It's fifty. It's limited to fifty. Yeah. All the records are limited. And we're gonna, to 50 and those things are gone already. I could probably pretty much tell you that. <laughs> so let so, me know. Keep an eye out for that. Make sure you're you know that come to the fucking show. Yeah. One and then uh, two. I don't know. Whenever they're we're way down the line. Which things aren't even fucking recorded yet. But once you know <laughs> things are in the motion, you'll know. Make sure that you. Uh, stay on board with that so yeah super stoked to announce and, that uh, the opener do you want to announce the opener yeah there's some dorks opening up for us there's a little <laughs> terrible this little this little terrible punk band called plasmid <laughs> no shout outs to them they're they're really really fun guys we've um we played with them once uh it was like we played with them in it was at a darkest hour show we we both opened up for darkest hour That's that was a lot of fun crazy it was a gnarly lineup uh, but uh, because there's a lot of similarities between Grey Walker and Darkest Hour, I think. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I've I've said on multiple occasions that we're the dollar store Darkest Hour. Because <laughs> <laughs> you definitely you definitely sound like John Henry uh, a lot. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a high compliment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's I made. Uh, I think it's just like I I I like John Henry's vocal approach where it's like it's pissed but audible. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of understand, you can enunciate. Yeah, yeah. So that that was always my take, and it ends up having that like that mid range John Henry is just kind of like he's one of the only people that fucking does it. Yeah. You either get like the really high obnoxious stuff, which is cool, or the really low stuff, which is cool too. But like I don't know, I'm just not much of like a toilet bowl vocalist. But that stuff's tight, and also it just works really good. I think for like the type of music that Grey Walker the yeah. guys write, because yeah. we're not like super heavy, and we're also not like super. I don't know. Just like there's lots of melodies. I think yeah. it's heavy, but there's lots of melodies happening. Yeah, at the it's same just like time. that mid-range yeah. vocal seems yeah. to fit in the pocket for yeah. what the band's doing. That's cool. So how was that show? I want to hear about that now. Um, so that was a good show. It was probably one of our personal worst shows. Oh, okay. Um, it was, but because it was just an awkward. I don't know why. I don't know why that show just was not a good show for us. I know people <laughs> that were at that show and said we played fine. Yeah. Uh, but but that's always the case, right? You 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 can often yeah. feel like that was the best show ever, and people are like, "Yeah." I, I remember really that. specifically with that show. So it was a Cativo, and uh, the stage at Cativo, they have like that that wooden sort of uh, whatever. Like they have like the the coat on the wood yeah. stage. I yeah. don't know what the fuck yeah. it is. Like uh, some sort of varnish polymer varnish, yeah. whatever yeah. shit. And I remember uh, at the very beginning of our set there was a water 
that got kicked over onto the stage. Was it was very slippery. <laughs> so like there was something with that and something where like uh something weird was happening with the drums, like the drum mic got bumped because like a slipperiness and like oh. something like you know slipperiness and then like a leg moved and then the dr- the kick drum mic got moved and then there was just all these weird little like like small things all a these lot of nuanced small things, small yeah. things. Yeah. and like it's another thing too where it's like you know it's a it's an uh you're playing with a a band that you like a lot and uh it was like there was two openers darkest hour and there may have been like two other nationals too oh so, so big show. it was a big show uh you know you got to do quick changeovers not a lot of room on stage because they fucking backline gear. Right. Somehow there's five bands on a bill, but there's like 15 bands worth of gear on the stage. <laughs> if the backline and it's like, how, where is this? What is all this stuff? But uh, yeah, so it wasn't like a very comfortable show for us. But uh, we got to play with Darkest Hour again. We played with them twice. And the second time that we played with them was much better. Okay. And it was funny because they um they actually remembered us. When we when we played with them again, but only because of our drummer's drum kit, I think, because oh, okay. he has this like uh this furry leopard print custom truth kit, <laughs> and I think they they remembered us from that. Yeah, and cool. um, Travis Orban, who drums for Darkest Hour now, actually played drums on one of my early Sykes records. Oh, yeah, back when he was uh, it was like even before he was doing like Sky Eats Airplane, uh, he was. It was like in that era on MySpace, he was just doing session stuff. So I like that's cool. I hit him up on MySpace and we became friends. And I was like, hey, you know, like, would you do studio session tracks on some of this psych stuff that I'm doing? So I sent him the tracks and paid him for his time. And he recorded on like half of an album. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So it was cool because like when we played with them, that was actually the first time that we had met in person. So that also was that really was cool. that was cool yeah, too, just yeah. like to be able to connect on yeah. that and stuff. Really nice guy, super awesome drummer, and uh, yeah, that's something that not a lot of people know about. Um, people that know, I don't like again modesty. I don't talk about it a lot, but yeah, there is a, an old Sykes album that Travis Orban drums on. So that's pretty. Cool. It's a, it exists yeah, if great. you're interested. Which which <laughs> show was Plasmid on? Plasmid was on that was the, that was the bad one. Okay. The bad one. I think the other show that we played with them, I forget what bands played on it, but we were the only local support on it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I, I hit up Plasmid to say we we're doing this thing, live uh, number two. Uh, Grey Rocker would like you guys to open, and you know they were super eager to, to do it. Yeah. Uh, so the way I work it with the, with the opening band is we record their set too. I just don't release it. They get the files. They can do whatever they, they want with them. Yeah. So at least they get their, their set recorded and they can release them. That's a, it's, it's a super cool thing to do. And like, I really, really like the idea. I mean, obviously from the selfish perspective of being able to have the opportunity to like showcase us and, a live album. Mm-hmm. I love the concept of live albums and seeing it on like a like a metal perspective. Yeah. You don't get it a whole lot. So I'm stoked to be able to do that. And I'm also stoked just because it's awesome to work with people like you that you don't need to do this. Yeah. There's no fucking reason. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you got a family and a house and a job and three fucking bands. You don't have to do this. It's but, fun. But there you go. Yeah, it's fun. And that's what the fuck I'm all about. That's like me in this podcast. I don't yeah. fucking have to do this. Like, you know, it's like I don't make a penny right. off this right. show. 
I have to, it's like, I mean, I chip in on the space where I record this. This gear isn't fucking free. Yeah. You know, I have to pay for web hosting, <laughs> all this stuff. It's like literally, as, like, as I said, when we came in, this hundreds, is hundreds, it's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars this out of my pro. pocket. This every is month. not an iPhone sitting in a corner. <laughs> um, no, it's not. But I do it because I love it. And I think that it's important to be able to like give other people that are doing cool stuff opportunities to come on and talk about the yeah. stuff. And like you, you're giving that. people Thanks, the opportunities man. to fucking, Thank you, you know, much. that fucking rip live to be able to fucking record it and show it to the world. That's awesome. So I do have a story about Plasmid. Uh, I've never met those guys, although I know that one of them works with Polka. Yeah, yeah, Division, Steve. Right? Yeah, right. he used to play drums with Sykes and a New Violence, okay. actually. Yeah, but he's their vocalist. Okay. Um, so the band that I like a lot from Chicago, Radar, uh, again, we put out their, their record last year. Um, they came through Pittsburgh sometime last year, and Charlie, the singer who plays drums in... Simon Ferocious, my still existing okay. Chicago band. So he's, he, <laughs> All these people are I know. fucking 10 bands. <laughs> he's the main guy in Radar. Uh, they were in Buffalo the night before and got he got really sick. Like he ate something and was like sick. They get to Pittsburgh. He decides he can't do the show. The other two guys in the band still go to the show. It's a plasma show. Um, they can't play. Show still goes out. I think it was at the Moose actually, and the Plasmid guys uh, gave all the money to to Radar so that they could get back home. I mean, that's like they didn't even play the show. Yeah, and that's just cool shit. You know, that's what I mean. Like people in Pittsburgh are cool. I, I'm not sure that every band would would do that. I'm sure that most bands wouldn't do sure. that. Sure, but but it was really. You know, that was really good of them to to do that. And and I know that Charlie really appreciated it. He still talks about it. So I guess <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, it's I think the interesting thing with bands in Pittsburgh and maybe cities that are like this where it's like, you know, Pittsburgh's not it's it's a small city, but it's dense. There's a lot of shit that's yeah. going on here. But in terms of like entertainment, it's not like a hub, you know what I mean? It's not like a destination spot. Right. For a lot of people so i think that's why that like competition element doesn't really exist here and there's a whole lot of like empathy for bands that are on the road mm -hmm. because like the like working if you're a band in pittsburgh you have to work just like a little bit harder than a band that's maybe coming from an area like a chicago or a new york or an la mm -hmm. where there's like a lot more of like a a notable scene and people that like you could just be playing a random show maybe in one of those nights and somebody that has some sort of like uh i don't want to say power but like somebody that like could maybe help you with your band could just randomly be at an event yeah and right, uh right. i mean not always but it could happen right but the likeliness that, that that's going to happen here isn't going to happen very, very low, it's super yeah. super yeah. low yeah. uh so i just think that there's a very much like a, a take care of your own mentality here and whenever bands come through you know, that empathy's there. It's not like a, well, fuck you. You didn't play the show, yeah, so we're going to yeah. take the money. It's yeah. like, oh, like, the people in those bands know that when they're on the road, what it's like. They remember. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah I mean? that's like, definitely it, part of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's just cool, and and I'm happy to have them on the show. I'd like them to, to do, you know, I'd like to do as we get down the line with these lots of bands want to do it of course but plasmid is one of those bands where i think they actually could do it that's also the other thing uh, i'm not going to name any names but you know you get bands that are just like i've that i've seen that want to do it and you're just like you guys you know it's called practice and you need sure. more of it you can't you, if i record you live 
I can't put it out because it's not going to sound good. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard. I mean, that's honestly even a thing that I I come across with the podcast in terms of people that want to come on the show, but I know that the episodes just aren't going to do good. And that's a weird thing to say because it doesn't matter. I'm not doing it. Again, I don't have like sponsors or anybody that I need to like meet yeah. a quota for. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, well, this is time and this is yeah. money. Yeah. Like with the amount of money that I spend just on the space alone and you divide that up by how many episodes I record a month, there is sort of like a there's a dollar amount <laughs> that each episode costs to produce. Right. And it's like, okay, like if we're going to come over, well, if I'm going to come here and we're going to do this and you're not going to have anything to talk about, even though you want to be on the show and nobody's going to listen to it. Why are we doing this? But I also want to like give people an opportunity to get out there. That, but, at all, but at the same time, every fucking time that I know an episode isn't going to do good, it doesn't do good. Yeah, but that's the line, right? Because I, I, you want to be supportive. Uh, people make jokes about me, like friends make jokes about me, because I'll be in a band with anybody. So if someone says, hey, man, will you come join a band? <laughs> I, will, I will almost always say yes. Like, unless you're a complete asshole, that, then I won't. But I will almost always say yes, even if you're a beginner, just because I want people to love it like I love yeah. it, you know? And so that's always the line you have to walk. Let's encourage people to play shows and do stuff outside of just playing the show and going to the shows that they're playing at, because that's also a bummer. You know, I support the scene. Well, what I mean to say is I support the scene for the shows that I'm playing in and then I don't really, you know, I think that that's, it's easy to say, but it's also kind of true, you know, because the scene in Pittsburgh is really good. And I, I just want people to feel encouraged that there's, that you can do whatever you want. I moved here in May and I'm doing all this stuff because it's not hard to do. You just have to do it. Yeah. You know, that's again, I bring this up a lot. A lot of people always say, like, you do so much. I don't know how you do it. I just fucking do it. Yeah. This is this is what I do. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't have a lot of other hobbies. Well, Warhammer now just <laughs> that's what we were talking about before. That's my new thing. But but music, you know, I spend almost all of my time outside of my my day job doing something yeah. with music. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of time for me to fucking do the podcast. You know what I mean? Like you fucking I walk down the street, I live right at the top of the hill. <laughs> I walk down the hill, I turn on the computer, turn on the camera. Hopefully the guest shows up on time. Yeah. We sit down, we chat for an hour, and then you leave and then in a couple weeks I it will It appears. Yeah, I'll just put the stuff onto my <laughs> other computer and then I'll upload it to the internet and it's done. Simple enough. It's not that crazy. I mean, there's a lot of time in like organizing and shit like that, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah. I enjoy doing it. So to zip up the uh, live from 222 Ormsby number two, it is de Friday, December 6th with uh, Gray Walker and Plasmid. And it's going to be tight. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be super sick. I yeah. can again, I can guarantee you that we'll be playing new stuff there. Um, <laughs> I just want to fucking just play all of our new stuff there and be like this is our album motherfuckers <laughs> fuck the studio but uh no the we we like we like being in the studio so we're not gonna do that but we will probably play some new stuff yeah just play we'll play some old favorites yeah. Yeah. and uh just uh come there ready to mosh 
and ready to drink and ready to smoke. Just you got to make make sure that, you know, you're smoking outside right. Right. and make you're your drinking choice. inside. Make your choice, everyone. Yeah. For, for that <laughs> moment, decide what you want to do more. Yeah. And everything will be fine. And it's fucking tight, too, because uh, our practice space is only like five minutes from Wormsby. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, uh, so we practice at Colt's house, our bass player. And he just, he just lives, lives like right over in Arlington. So okay. just, we're right there. There's a church for sale, like right up the hill. Oh, um, yeah. that I've looked at online with the idea that I would like to own a church. Okay. <laughs> it's empty right now. Yeah. It's not expensive. Uh, the neighborhood's not great. Okay. But it's a church. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's not like the most practical thing you can buy. But yeah. how many people out there own churches? Well, shout outs to Sid Riggs who is our buddy that we, um, Grey Walker recently recorded that Thrice cover with. Okay. And we'll be recording probably the new stuff with him as well. He's been on the show a couple times, but he is also, like you, a Pittsburgh transplant um, by way of Colorado. But he was in L.A. for a long time playing in bands. He played in Rob Halford's band. Ah, sweet. He uh, played in a band called Sinistar that toured with Limp Biscuit back in the day. Nice. Uh, he's a really cool dude. Um <laughs> ex-drummer moved into like studio stuff and uh now uh him and his partner they bought a church and he has a recording studio in the basement of the church it's fucking awesome and his partner does art and she uses like the chapel as her art space really beautiful building so they moved here they bought a church and they're fucking killing it i should so use that as a fucking influence because uh yeah sid's an awesome dude shout outs to sid a lot of you people know him, but if you don't, look him up. He's a good dude. Yeah, so then I could be the second person that you know that owns a church. Yeah, and then maybe I'll be the third. <laughs> I want one, too. <laughs> There's just something cool about it, isn't sure. there? Sure. There really yeah. is. And so, and that one up on Mount Oliver, like it has the pews and everything are still in it. Oh, killer. It has the rectory that's, okay, it's not brand new, but it's in all really good shape. You could actually move in and live in it, and it would probably be fine. Right yeah. Now. Hell yeah. I don't know. It's maybe maybe that's the next thing. Maybe that's the next thing. Yeah, you know, one thing at a time. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, no, no, actually, ten things at a time. <laughs> but you can only you can only handle so much. So, I I I have faith. It seems like you've done enough to get yourself. You could probably do it. Yeah, you just have so, it's planning, right? You just yeah. have to figure out what's going to work at the time. So, you seem to be a rather accomplished adult. You seem to have... Uh, well, you know, much older than most people you know, probably. Well, that's... Like, I'm just saying. Okay, maybe you're older. Yeah. But you're having fun. Yep. You're still doing the stuff you love. But you're obviously, you know, able to do it in a somewhat financially stable way to allow you to have all of this yes. extra fun, yes. right? You can't go so too crazy. What has life been for, you know, we'll just say the aging punk rocker that could still have fun... In his however old you are, forties. I'm I'm fifty two. You're fifty fucking two. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy true. shit! Congratulations. <laughs> thanks, man. It was yeah. just my birthday, actually. So you have like everyone. five times the amount of hair as I do. <laughs> I have fucking don't like this guy anymore. <laughs> That's like so. What I tell everyone is I'm half Japanese, right? So it's yeah. the Asian blood, right? Keeping your hair and keeping it black like makes a huge difference. And then whenever I start to feel old, I just get more tattoos, and then. <laughs> And then everything is fine. Okay. I think the other thing really is like 
I don't wear polo shirts. I don't play golf. I don't do like middle-aged suburban guy stuff. Sure. And I think that that's the other thing. Um, But in terms of just like general like lifestyle decisions, do you eat well? Do you exercise? Or are you just kind of like whatever? (laughs) Like how do you... How do you manage to just take care of yourself? You seem like a reasonably healthy person. So I run. I run, run. almost every day. Okay, running. So that's that's like the thing. The thing. I don't do a lot of other exercise, but I do enjoy running. So I've, running's enough. That works a lot of things in one. Yeah. In one. Right? We, my wife and I have bikes, and Pittsburgh's actually a pretty good biking city. Yeah. You know, hell yeah. Rivers and stuff. So so that's fun. Um, I don't drink a lot of beer. I like beer. Um, I, I don't drink a lot of it day to day, but I do drink whiskey every day. Oh, whiskey every day. Yeah. So are you somebody that's knowledgeable in the world of whiskey? So not not single malts, so not scotches, <laughs> but I am a bourbon guy. I okay. like bourbon a lot. Okay. And so I have uh, uh, quite a few bottles at home. And so I, when, I, when I say I drink bourbon every day, I have a glass of bourbon every day. I don't have a bottle of <laughs> bourbon every day. <laughs> uh, so that's funny, you know... Uh, when it comes to beer, I'm reasonably knowledgeable in all different styles, and I know what I want. I know what I like. Yeah. I can, like, you know, ask what's in a certain type of beer, and I could tell what I'm going to like or not like based on ingredients. Well, I mean, it's right downstairs, so yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I like beer a lot. I like coffee a lot. And the concept of liquor, I like a lot. But it's, like, so much – it's a lot more difficult to get into the world of exploring liquor. I think, and becoming knowledgeable in it, unless you know somebody that knows a lot or you have enough money to just explore. I think that that's like, for me, that's like the scotch world, right? And so because there's so much nuance and it can get really pricey, I don't think bourbon is like that. Okay. Um, There's like cheap bourbon like Jim Beam, which is fine. You know, if I'm on a plane and they have Jim Beam, I drink Jim Beam. That's what I drink. It's fine. Um, But I I don't drink it unless, you know, I don't have any other options, but there are lots of like mid tier bourbons like Evan Williams single barrel costs $29 and it is a great bourbon that you can put up against lots of other. Okay. Bourbons. So I was going to ask you like, what would be your go-to mid level? Is that the one? Yeah. So Evan Williams single barrel is really good. So like normal Evan Williams is not the best I would say, Okay. but the single barrel is, is actually really, really good. All right. Question two, top tier. Like, like, so like my favorite favorite, if you have to give me like one or two, that's fine. Like yeah. if, you, if you can't be just be one, but just like, so Weller, I think is one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, Weller is famous because it's the Pappy Van Winkle, which is oh, like yeah, yeah. the, if, if you know anything about bourbon, it's like yeah. the one they make, like, I don't know, 250 bottles or something a year. They just don't make a lot and it's yeah, really yeah, yeah. expensive. Uh-huh. Um, but Weller is the cast off of Pappy, so it's what they don't put in. It's what they don't bottle. They put it into Weller bottles. Okay. Um, but it's essentially the same process. So I like Weller a lot. It's not. It's also not expensive in the thirty dollar. Oh region. wow. Okay. Um, I like Angel's Envy a lot. Like a lot of the Louisville sort of uh, whiskeys, I think are good. But in the end, if it tastes good to you, it tastes good. You know, that's just, yeah. It's like music. You know, if it sounds good, there is no guilty pleasure. Fuck that. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Like, as somebody that has an extensive collection of records where, you know, like, I have an entire uh, Paramore discography right next to my entire Pig Destroyer discography. <laughs> I do not have any 
Uh, fuck the concept of a guilty pleasure. Right, it is good. A, good music is good music. Right. Good songwriting, good songwriting, right. and that's the way that I feel about beer and food and everything like that. And like, so now you know just I mean? take that and move into whiskey, and you're fine. Yeah, I think I just gotta just gotta explore. I'll definitely look into those. So for sure, w- when you go into the shop, you know you just avoid like the bottom shelf is the bottom shelf for a reason because it's not very good. Yeah, it's cheap, and if you want to get drunk, drink that. But you'll also get sick. Yeah. Um. But like, there's lots of good mid tier. 25 to 40 dollar bourbons there's a there's a ton i think it's it's actually hard to go wrong there cool yeah yeah that's something i'll definitely check into i'm always like a i've always been a fan of like you know like the like bourbon barrel aged beers and things like that like i I love all that stuff which shout outs right now to allegheny city brewing which is right down the street from us i don't know this episode's going to be going up a little late but they may still have it they have a killer barrel aged stout on right now okay it's fucking phenomenal and shout outs to them because they're one of the more underrated breweries in the city and i think they're fucking awesome and we were just talking about beer because i'm not an ipa guy even though like every brewery seems to focus on ipa i'm not either like i i don't don't get me wrong like i will fuck with a bell's too hearted any day or even though it's not like an ipa ipa but like dale's pale ale like a lot of the traditional stuff i like but a lot of the newer style ipas like hazy ipa yeah that stuff it bothers me like i could feel myself gaining weight as i drink it it's just (laughs) gross like i don't it's not for me like it's one of those things where if you want to like relate it to music it's like the pop like bad radio pop of beer it's like popular now, and I get that. Yeah, so, because it doesn't taste like beer. So breweries like, like have to brew it. Yeah, I also get that. But, but it's like I like beer that tastes like yeah beer. Yeah, I don't need a beer to taste like orange juice. Yeah. And like again, getting into like even some of the funky stouts, like I don't need a beer to taste like a chocolate chip milkshake. It's cool if you could do it, and I'm excited to try it and be like, oh, neat. But if I wanted chocolate milk, I could just get chocolate milk for, you know, a dollar. I don't have to spend nine dollars <laughs> for a glass of your fucking fancy beer that tastes like chocolate milk. <laughs> Miskatonic a couple of years ago, they did a uh, they I think it was for their their anniversary. They made some like like five small barrels of really weird beer. And one of them was squid ink. Oh, wow. And so I had it and it wasn't terrible. It was, yeah. it was a bit salty, I guess, but uh, super weird. But. It was not popular, as you might imagine. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like I love the idea of experimenting and trying different things. But yeah, it is fucking like it's just annoying because like I'm somebody like me and my partner, we go out a lot. Like we love going to different restaurants and doing different things and getting beers while we're out. Like it's just we're guys, we're like somewhat foodies, but like cheap. We're not like fancy foodies, you know what I mean? Like there's like a a place where we can get like a like a fucking ten dollar plate of food will go. Yeah. Uh but uh when it comes to like getting beers with dinner, most of the time it's all like there'll be like eight IPAs. Yeah. And then like Miller Light. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck? It's like if you're gonna have fucking a dozen taps at your place, why would you just have all or the exactly. same kind of beer? Yeah. Which is why I often end up getting a Manhattan or something. Sure. Know, because I don't want to drink that, and so I'll drink a Manhattan. I'll just drink a water. Yeah. And fucking what? Drink at home. <laughs> yeah, you know that, that's always the 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 good option, right? Just yeah, drink at home. Yeah, I, I agree there. Yeah, it depends on where we are. Like it's 
with the world of cocktails is another thing that I'm just so intrigued by, but I don't know nearly enough to like always order a drink with confidence mm-hmm. that I'm going to like it. Well, the other thing is if you go to a place that doesn't make cocktails a lot and you like, you tell your waitress, I'll have a Manhattan with makers in it. And they look at you like, I really don't know what that is. Yeah. And so then you're like, oh, let me change my order. I'll have uh-huh. a beer now. Sure. Because they're just not going to be able to make it. Uh-huh. Even if they have the ingredients, they have no one there with any. That's why skills. I always like going to places that are very focused on things. I think of restaurants as I look at restaurants or coffee shops or even breweries, any anything in particular, the way that I look at guitar pedals, where it's like, I want something wow, that like does... This. I want something that does one thing really good instead of something that does 10 things okay. Yeah. And sometimes you'll go into a restaurant like like a like a TGI Fridays or something, which is a dramatic example. And that's like a multi-effects pedal <laughs> that does all of these fucking things kind of okay. I would rather just have like, you know, like one really good delay pedal go to one place that's like, oh, you know, we fucking kill it. It cocktails. There's seven fucking things on the menu. That's it. I yeah. guarantee you all those things are going to fucking be fantastic. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So I always try to seek out those sort of things. In Japan, if you go to restaurants in Japan, it's uh, they're all broken down by like a thing. So just exactly what you're talking about. Uh, you can go to a sushi restaurant or you can go to a, a steak restaurant or you can uh, go to a ramen restaurant, but they don't serve anything else. If you go to the restaurant, you're getting the thing. I don't know if you want to open yeah, up that other I beer. Do. Thank you. You You're got getting it. the thing. So that's that's like you should go to Japan and go to that sounds there. like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. So just go so, tour with Great Walker. OK. Yeah. I mean, done. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe one day. I mean, they like metal over there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get it together. We got to get a fucking get some new stuff together, get some new merch together. I think live get from some, 222 number two is going to break Gray Walker. I hope if I, so. If I can just put it out there. I, I fucking hope so. That would be tight. I think, I mean, it's the thing. It's like, you know, we're, I feel like the only things that are holding a band back like Gray Walker and us is just the fact that it's like, okay, cool. We finally figured this out, but now we're in our thirties. We're not in our fucking twenties and teens anymore. So it's yeah. like, okay, like this is tight. Being in a band's awesome. We're all best friends, super tight, but like, fuck, we got school and (laughs) some people are still trying to be adults. We got kids, we got wives, we got families, you know, and it's like, that stuff's awesome too. It's not like a burden. It's like, it's great that all of us, it's it's funny, it's like everybody in the band's like, you know, we're just all like settled and in comfortable spots, which is awesome. I love being around that. It's a healthy environment to be in, Yeah, but it doesn't work for being like a, a touring band all the time. So it just takes so much effort for all of us to get on the same page to be able to do stuff. I think that, so my, my idea or my feeling about this is there are two tracks, right? So when you're young and you want to focus on music to the exclusion of everything else, and that's what you do, right? So I have a good friend who actually I still take guitar lessons from. He lives in LA. He moved out after high school in the eighties and he's lived in LA ever since. And he is the best guitar player that, that, that I know. His name is Mark Tremalgia. Um, I take lessons from him still now. Excellent! <laughs> there you go. Exactly. He, he could probably, if I said, hey, Mark, play that right now, he would. Right? <laughs> I, okay, it's not that hard, but, but he, he for sure could. Yeah. Um, but he's he, he makes his living from music in That's L.A., awesome. but it's a slog, right? So even now, he has to hustle for everything. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Because it's the it's the 1% that becomes Aerosmith or whatever, right? Um, 
but he's he's great. And then there's the track that I took where I played guitar up until I had kids and then then I had a job and then I took care of my kids and then we moved to Germany. And then once my kids got older, then I got back into music. And now my kids are out of the house as we were talking about and all of that sort of stuff. Now I have time and money to do whatever I want. And this is what I do. So those I think are the two tracks. The trade-off is I don't, I have to do something else to make money. Yeah. And so then I spend my money, as you were saying, on, on music. I'm not making any <laughs> money on music. I'm spending money on music yeah. because, because it's worthwhile. That's why me. you work, though. Or yeah. Part of the reason why you yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So those, I think, are the two tracks. And I'm sure, uh, of course, there's nuance and everything in between. But, but sometimes I regret not saying, you know, fuck it to everything. I'm just going to be a rock star versus what I ended up doing. But what it en- I ended up doing, as you just said, is very, it's comfortable. I well, can I think do that, what I want now. I think that, you know, I know some people that are in bands that tour all the time that are, you know, very successful musically. But I'm it's funny because money, yeah. you'll talk to a lot of those people and sometimes all they want is a family yeah. like settle down yeah, okay. chill yeah. they're fucking over it so it's like you shouldn't take you know like a simple lifestyle for granted because like that's what even some people on the other side that's what they want right. it's like all you want to do is be on the road all the time and people <laughs> that are on the road just want to be fucking right. at home right. with their fucking kids and shit right. like that so there's a balance in the middle and i think it's just it's a lot of compromise and a lot of just like really taking some time to be self-reflective and understand that what it is, what do you really want yeah. and what are you actually working towards? What is the end fucking goal? Right. right. Um, and you know, with us and gray Walker, I think it's just a thing where it's like, we're all, we all have really, you know, we all feel really comfortable where we are. And the only unfortunate thing is it, it just takes longer for us to do yeah. things. Yeah. It's just a matter of just being patient and, but persistent at the same time. And just, we're always working on stuff. We're still getting together. We're always writing. Yeah. And, you know, we might only be able to go out of town for like, you know, limited amounts of time, but we plan for it, plan it ahead right. so we can right. make sure we could do it. And it's better than doing nothing. Right. Right. So we're just working on it. When the, when the doping the void guys come over. Um, so usually about every two years they come over and we do 10 or 12 days. Um, everybody takes vacation, you know, I rent a van, they fly over, um, and we tour. And it's usually a show a night for 10 or 12 days. And in a lot of, in most of, most senses, it's the the best time ever, right? Because you're playing music every night, you're living that life. But there are some moments when you're like, that 30 minutes is the best 30 minutes in the universe, right? Hell yeah. That, that yeah. 30 minutes when you're on stage is the best always, uh, even a bad show, I'd rather have a thousand bad shows than not do it. Um, but sometimes in the other 23 and a half hours, you're just like, yeah, this kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. So I can't imagine doing that like my whole life, even though some of me still would want to have, have tried that. But your life takes you where your life takes you. And you, you do the best at, at that time. You make good decisions with the information that you have. I think that that's all it comes down to. Yeah, I think that's the other thing, too, that's really hard for Grey Walker is that we're all very well aware that we're past the point. I mean, and it also just doesn't work with what we do when it comes to like, okay, well, like the whole like playing basement shows on weeknights, sleeping in the van Mm -hmm. like that, that dream. 
nope, that's crumbled in a ball. That's thrown away. That's just not for us. Because the other thing, too, like with what we do, it's like, you know, we need like, it has to sound good. We yeah. want it to be cool yeah. and it has to be a good space. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, we, we'll play DIY spaces, but we also, it needs to be a place where like, oh, the gear works. Yeah, yeah. And if we're on the road, especially, it needs to be a thing where it's like, oh, there's like a door cover so we can get something, not like yeah. this, like pass a bucket around, you know, and you get fucking, you know, maybe like five bucks and a couple beers at the end of the night. It just doesn't work for us, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's sometimes like, we still, you know, we we still do that stuff again because we know that we're not surviving on that because it, yeah. going on tour for for. 10 or 12 days with guys flying from Germany, we've already lost a bunch of money, sure. right? It's not, we're not recouping oh, yeah. anything. Yeah. So then you just treat it like a vacation and whatever you get is you get. Uh-huh. And yeah. So, so that situation's a little bit different, but I, I, I it, get It's hard. I mean, I, I will say this, and this isn't to throw any of my, my people under the bus. I'm, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more willing to make compromises than maybe some other people in the band. Yeah. But because of that, it's just, I mean, we usually find a way to meet in the middle. Yeah. But, you know, there are some people in the band that are a little bit more, I mean, I guess it's any group of people. Yeah. There's always going to yeah. be more people, some people that are a little bit more uh, particular <laughs> about their... <laughs> that was a very diplomatic way of saying that. <laughs> well about, done. About their, uh, their, 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 uh, their time on the road. And that that's fine. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with you there was one thing that we had talked about we were talking about food and you were talking about you being half japanese yeah. and i wanted to ask you something we're talking about very particular foods and drinks and things like that yeah i wanted to get your take on sushi yeah this is a really random take yeah that's great so what is your opinion on like sushi versus like candy sushi or like what a lot of like american people consider to be sushi well like, like yeah what do you mean so i'm looking for clarification now. so like there's a lot of stuff that's like the more traditional sushi you know what i mean it's like very clean and simple and then you get a lot of like 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 the rolls so, that are so like maki is different from sushi right maki is fish on rice yeah and ma or, sorry sushi is fish on rice maki is a roll yeah, so those are the two different. Well, things. that's the thing. A lot of people want to like every. It's all sushi right, to America. Right, right. So that's what I'm asking you, basically, uh, is you know how that like how do you take that whole thing? So Japanese generally don't eat a lot of meat and cheese, right? So first thing is if you're getting a roll and it has cream cheese in it, that's not maki. That I mean, that's not like a Japanese. I mean, thing. shout outs to a Philadelphia roll, but you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's that's the first thing yeah. um but a, a, you know you can in the end i think you can put whatever you want it, it's about what's going to taste good and what people are going to buy so if you if you have a sushi restaurant it's the same thing as like with beer. it's like the ipa right it's like the ipa you gotta you gotta you can do the you can do the art that you want to oh, do that's so funny i never thought about that yeah. until now fuck yeah. you gotta you gotta put something that people are gonna buy otherwise they're not gonna buy it that is awesome hell yeah but I love uni. So uni is the one thing that a lot of people don't like. It's sea urchin. Okay. Um, uni, I think, is the best. It's the purest taste of the ocean that you can put in your mouth. 
Okay, that's a bold statement. Yeah, it is. It is amazing, <laughs> but it's it's these uh, perhaps the strongest like fish tasting thing you can ever eat. Uh-huh. And so if you don't love fish, don't eat uni. But yeah. to me, it's like if a place has uni, I'm getting it. It's usually more expensive because it's rare, um, but it is amazing. So I would I would say I was in Japan once in Tokyo, and there's a fish market like right on the ocean, and they do the catch like at 3 a.m., and then they bring it to this fish market. And I had uni that had been caught that morning, and it was, I mean, it was like, I don't believe in God, but it was like seeing God. <laughs> that is awesome. That Hell yeah. moment, I was like, I could die right now. Yeah. This is the best thing I've ever tasted. It was amazing. That's so, killer. So if you like if you like sushi, I if there's a place that serves uni, which is not all places because, again, it's not so common, uh, you should try it because it is fucking amazing. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like, so I, um, I'm like, I have a pretty much, I still eat fish, but I have a pretty much vegetarian diet. Okay. Almost, almost, I eat vegan as much as I can. Okay. But, uh, I mean, there are things like pizza we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. It's not like I could live without pizza. And that's a lot of people think that I'm bullshitting because, like, <laughs> I'm like a, a ninja turtle or something. And people <laughs> think that I need pizza to function. I can live without pizza. It's just, you know, I, I try to, I try to eat as well as I can, as much as I can. And uh, I mean, I haven't had like, uh, like chicken or beef or any of that, like anything besides fish for well over a decade. It's been a long time. I'm just over it. I don't care. But with all of that being said, I do like seafood, but my sushi maki, exp- all that stuff mm-hmm. is like the way that I am with a lot of liquor. I'm just like, I'm always like too intimidated to like try stuff and I'm never like around people that like know what the fuck is up. So it's well, just, we should go out for sushi sometime. It fuck would be yes. Would I be am fun. fucking down. So we just drink if a bunch get, of sake and and eat sushi for a night. That would be fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> fuck. That sounds tight. I think that should be the prep for the next uh, 222 live from thing, right? We have to prep the show. So we should just go out and happen to be at a sushi restaurant to prep it yes <laughs> i fucking love this idea <laughs> that is fucking tight yeah no please that would be great yeah because um you know it's one of those things where like i have such a, a i'm stumbling over the word that i want to use okay so much radio silence i apologize <laughs> was that uncomfortable for everybody <laughs> um no i have a very curious mind and i always want to when i get into anything whether it is music or beer or podcasting it's like i want i want to know the best possible way to engage with everything mm-hmm. and anytime i have sushi it's like i know that i'm really do, i'm not doing this the way that i need to be doing it yeah. so that'd be fucking let's awesome. do it it'd be, it would be fun uh, I do have a question for you, though. Okay. Unrelated to any of what we've been talking about, in our, and that's Sykes. Okay. Um, so I have a I have a hip hop band. It's not really a hip hop band. Yeah, you were telling me about yeah. this. Yeah, it, yeah. It's yeah. called an Asian film. We did two records, and then um, and then it sort of stopped. Not for any particular reason, but I moved out of state and all of that. Yeah. So uh, the rapper, a, a dude named Jelani. We did the first record. I had a lot of the music written before he came in, and so it was very much more punk, indie, rockish. I like to use effects, so it has a lot of effects stuff. And then he rapped over it. But there's some disjointedness there because 
I wrote the music first. I didn't write it with him. Um, and then the second record was much more organic. We wrote a lot of stuff together and, you know, did music together. And then, and then he did, he did the rhymes. Um, I fell into that uh, scene uh, mostly because I worked with Jelani at the time. And I was like, it was the same sort of thing. I was just like, hey, you rap, just come over and let's just do something because I, I think it would be fun. Even yeah. though I didn't know a lot about the music. So I wanted to know how you got into Sykes and how that all developed because your vocal delivery in Sykes is different from your vocal delivery in Grey Walker. I sure. don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I mean, they're two different things, right? You know, you, you don't... <laughs> You don't you don't eat a sandwich the same way you drink a milkshake, right? Like <laughs> two different things. But uh so the cliffs notes on me and hip hop would be um middle school kid, punk rock, fuck the system, graffiti. Okay. As a result of being in the graffiti world, I started meeting a lot of people that were into hip hop. Okay. So I met some friends that are in the rap. I'm into my punk and all this other stuff. But I do like some rap too, just in terms of like goofy stuff that's just on MTV. But like all the rap that I like is, is like ironic. Like it's either like it's something that's like really funny or like Beastie Boys type yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I always wanted to do music, but I couldn't just because I lived in an apartment, low income family, things like that. I was super into video games. Uh, MTV puts out MTV Music Generator for the Sony PlayStation. It's basically like oh, Fruity Loops, yeah. Fruity Loops for your PlayStation. So now I had a friend that got it. I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy! You can make music with this thing." That's cool. So I got this thing. I start making like, I start trying to make like Aphex Twin type stuff because I was already like, you know, I'm a child of the '90s. So like the whole like Aphex Twin, Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, all that stuff. I yeah. liked all that stuff. Aside from like the punk and metal stuff because it was kind of like punk rock electronic music. Right, exactly. Right? That that's what it, seeps in. Yeah. Right, exactly. So yeah, yeah. okay, so now I'm making stuff like this and then like this thing clicked in my head where I realized, oh, the way that you make rap or like you make beats is the same way that you make like techno. So I was like, okay. So I started making beats and then my friend we started like doing goofy rap songs in high school. And that was pretty much where it started. And then through the graffiti world I started finding out about like underground hip-hop stuff backpack stuff your your aesop rocks and your murs and all that sort of stuff so i was like oh this is cool and then eventually you get through uh middle school into high school i'm still doing graffiti i'm still doing beats everything's a little goofy but i'm starting to find out about more serious things and then um i don't know me and my friends that we made goofy rap songs with you know they all we stopped doing it and then i started like writing stuff seriously just because I was like, okay, like I can write goofy songs about uh, robbing people and boobs <laughs> and stuff like as much as I want, but like, I'm not going to be fucking 15 forever. I'm like, you know, like 17 and like, this feels a little <laughs> weird. So I start writing serious things and also like you're becoming an adult. So more serious things are starting yeah. to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like my mom like kicked me out when I was 17. So like, I'm like, now I have a job and I'm like, paying rent and like you know i'm doing yeah. all these things and like i'm still doing music and on my playstation and starting to like live a more serious life so I start writing serious things and that's pretty much where it all came from was just like fucking around as a teenager and then the circumstances of my particular life 
So was like, Sykes has been then more of your main thing than everything oh, yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back then, I it wasn't Sykes. There wasn't a name at all, okay. really, for it. I was just making music. Like there was the goofy stuff. Then there was serious stuff that I just kind of like wrote, and it just existed. You know, I didn't like have a serious rap name or anything. Fast forward a couple years, um, I start recording some people. Um, other rappers out of my basement of the place I was living in because I was cool. like I was yeah. working at like Taco Bell and like you know we we're just I had some friends that I knew that knew that I made beats and stuff and like yo can we come record so I start like recording people and then they told people that they recorded with me so I start recording people and then eventually it was this thing where it was like what like people want to shout me out on the track. You know, like they don't want to say like, yo, Brian on the decks or whatever. So uh, the the last functioning graffiti name that I had was Sykes, but it had happened late enough that I really like when I was like super active in graffiti, that wasn't my name. Okay. But like after I like after I turned 18 and I started like working a lot and I had like all these bills, I still wanted to do graffiti stuff, but I didn't want to like. I started thinking about like what if I get in trouble. Right, right. So like if I you get arrested. So yeah, I changed my name and I didn't I didn't really do a whole lot illegally under that name. And people started asking me, like, what should we call you on the track? So I was like, Sykes is fine. So that happened. And then everybody started calling me Sykes. And then I had these songs that I was starting to record. I was like, Well, I guess I guess that's gonna oh, be that's my cool. I yeah. guess that's gonna be my rap name. So then that was like two thousand and eight. That's a pretty organic origin story, though. Yeah, you know, that's that's cool because that's like real life happened, and and then it spit out Sykes. It was so unintentional, and like I've said this before, I'm not I'm not the hugest fan of Sykes being my rap name. I don't feel that in our current climate it is unique enough to really stand yeah, out, and okay. makes it very hard to look me up on the internet, which is a big part of the reason why. Uh, ended up giving the band the name, the Sykes and the New Violence. Okay. That yeah. was 100% Google's fault. Had nothing to do with me <laughs> wanting to name the band, to be completely honest with you. I mean, now it's fair because they help write as much of the music as I do. Yeah. But um, back when I did it, I was still pretty much like doing everything. Yeah. But I just wanted it to be... I wanted you to be able to find me on the internet. Are you related to Mike Howe, who is the vocalist from Metal Church? No. That's too bad. Nor am I related to the other Brian Howe, who's the vocalist of Bad Company. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a vocalist out there. Uh -huh. last name yeah, no, no relation. Wow, that's too bad for you, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that is the, the short, not so short answer to your question. So I have an idea of a hip hop thing, experimental music thing that uh that maybe we can explore at our sushi dinner. Okay. I'd like to get my guy from Chicago out and put together a show, but not just like not just like a rap show or hip hop show cuz as we were talking before it's like oh, I'm a hip hop artist here, let me play my backing track and I'm going to I'm going to rap over it. That's not so interesting to me. So I'd like some You have more. to be one hell of a fucking performer. 
Yeah. You, you really have to be. So I want some more like interesting experimental stuff happening. So I had this idea because I do something called Ketulu Fest every year where it's just like, it's a, that's my vanity thing, right? So I get to put, I get to make t-shirts with Ketulu on it and, <laughs> and hear the bands that are playing uh-huh. and I'm involved in the whole thing. And yeah. usually I play once in one or two of the bands and stuff like that. And uh-huh. then like um, uh, Nathan Gray from Boy Sets Fire, one of my big heroes, I booked him to play the first one mostly because I wanted to meet him and he signed my arm and I had it tattooed in and stuff like that. Wow. <laughs> All right. So like that's real, some nerd real shit. Fan I, I mean, I, <laughs> I warned him. I said, you're going to come here. I'm going to bring all my stuff. You got to sign it all. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I do Catsulu Fest. That's like my punk rock thing. Yeah. Um, and I do it at Miskatonic in, in Chicago. Now that I'm going to try to get weird Paul out to do that. <laughs> Hell for, yeah. Dude, for, he's for a good dude. Year, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I thought about a non-punk rock thing for Pittsburgh, which would be this other thing like hip hop, but experimental something, something. I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Does the scene can the scene support something like that? Yeah. So there's a lot of hip hop and hip hop adjacent stuff that's happening in the city right now, which is really cool. And a lot of the people know each other. Um, so I think, yeah. You could do that. So I think it would be fun and just something different, a little push myself in a little bit of a different direction that I'm not comfortable in. I think it would be fun. Yeah. All right, cool. So I guess everybody heard it here first too, that that's going to be the next thing for Tetsuo. Pittsburgh's a good, since there's no, nobody's like, there's no like particular genre in Pittsburgh that does phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're kind of like underdog, like an underdog city. And I think a result of that leads in a lot of weird stuff because there's no like rules that are set like, oh, like so-and-so's blowing up. So you, we should be like them. It's like nobody's doing incredibly okay, well. So nobody's following so any trend. It fosters yeah, okay. a lot more weirdness. Yeah. And there's also just a lot of general like weird bills that happen here. And it's like encouraged. Um, like last night with the Sykes party, it was all hip hop acts. And that's the first time that we've played with all hip hop acts in a long time. Um, we're normally on like a lot of weird mixed bill lineups and that's how a lot of shows tend to be. And a lot of people seem to prefer it. Yeah. There's a lot of interest in just music in general here versus like particular genres, which is really cool. I booked this band essential machine. Yeah. Um, at Ormsby a couple of weeks ago and it was on like a pretty like heavy bill and they're not that heavy, but they're really interesting. Um, and I was, you know, I'm thinking sort of like, like that sort of yeah. stuff. I think it would be, there's great. a lot of experimental stuff, especially like there's always been a real heavy punk rock presence in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but also underneath the surface, there's a real heavy electronic experimental thing that's always been happening here. Tons cool. of artists. Cool. So maybe we can do something at Get Hip or, or or something like that. It would be would be cool. I know somebody you could talk to. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be that would be sweet. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's chat more about it yeah. o- over over some sushi and sake. Some sushi. So with that being said, is there a sushi place that you found in Pittsburgh that so, you find to be exceptional? Not so far. Okay. So, of course, like sushi, I've been to Japan several times, obviously, because I have family there. Uh, the sushi there is is great. Uh, the best sushi I've had in the States is in Philly. 
for some reason. Huh. I'm, not, I'm not sure why that is, but it was one particular place. I don't even remember the name anymore. It was several years Interesting. ago. Interesting. Uh, but it was great. There, I go to Mad Noodles a lot because it's... Squirrel Hill? Uh, no, it's Southside. So it's oh, like two, okay. two blocks. Yeah, that's right. I know, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So um, I got that mixed up with... Uh, there's another everyday noodles. That's okay. at Squirrel Hill. Yeah. Okay. But they have sushi and it's fine. And uh, it's, you know, it again, it's fine. Have it, you been to, uh, what is it, Umami in Lawrenceville? I haven't, no. I heard that place is supposed okay. to be pretty, pretty killer. Well, what we should do then is research like what people think is the best sushi place in, in Pittsburgh. I, I've heard there. a lot of good things about Umami. And I've also heard a that lot. That name of, bugs me, though, so I'm not it's sure. It's Lawrenceville. What do you want? <laughs> and I've heard a lot of good things about um, Luke's. In, it's inside Holy's down in the Strip. Okay. But I don't think it's more. I think you could get sushi there, but it's more of like a, a lunch thing. Like okay. they're not open at night. Yeah. Okay. It's just like a, but it's just like a fish counter at the fish market. Right. And they fucking probably have. It's probably really it's, fresh. It's probably really good. And really yeah. good. Yeah. But it's not like a. Like a sit down, chill environment. It's yeah. like, you know, I went to our we have an office in, in Tokyo and I went to our, our office once and the guy said, hey, let's go to lunch. So we go to lunch and we went to a sushi place that's just down the street. As, as we were talking before, there's no chairs or anything. You stand at a counter and then the guy like brings you sushi. It's suddenly you have food in front of you. It's yeah, not even like. You don't order anything. It's just like food is brought to you once my, you walk in the place. My go-to sushi place in the city is another place with a troublesome name, but it's a number one sushi. See, but that's more Japanese, right? That's like a yeah. weird English yeah. Japanese uh -huh. thing. Yeah. Umami is like, yeah, come it's on, like, dude, you're trying it, really yeah. hard. But uh, number one sushi, <laughs> which is downtown, it's in Market Square. It's just like a little hole in the wall spot. It's awesome. I love that place. Okay. So that's usually like if I get off work and I'm going through town, like if I want sushi, I'll just stop in there real quick, you know? All right. Yeah, I like that. It's, name, it's a good, one. quick experience. You yeah. go in there, you know, you've got to spend more than 15 minutes there. Order your food. They'll bring it to you. There's a little counter to eat at. Just eat the shit. Leave. I like it. It's cute. But we need a place and they're where always, we can For go some get reason, they're always blasting K-pop in there. <laughs> it's really weird, but like, okay, I'm here for it. But like, <laughs> I awkwardly know enough about K-pop that I know for a fact that they're listening to like K-pop that I've heard in there. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, like, I know for a fact that it's not Japanese music because I know the artists that they're playing. Right. So, it's, so really funny. it's probably owned by a Korean family or, or something yeah. who, who, who digs that sort of music. Yeah. It's cool. And then I sent you the screenshot of of Grey Walker popping up on my my Spotify list. Yeah, that was awesome. So I, and and then you said I I hope this is happening for other people, which it must be, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it was of course I've listened to Grey Walker on Spotify, so that's probably why it showed up, but but it's got to, right? Don't you don't you think? I would hope so. I, I don't, don't know, know how those algorithms work. Yeah, I don't know how Spotify populates music to people, but I appreciate that it was sent to you. Yeah. That's yeah, fucking it tight. Was, it was great. Hell yeah. <laughs> because at first I was like, oh, this is uh, Darkest Hour, but no, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> so, I mean, with that being said, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we have much else to talk about on, on the mic. Maybe not. The important thing was Grey Walker at Live from 222. No, the two. important thing is you as a person <laughs> doing everything that you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, man. And uh, yeah, um, I don't know if you want to do one last drop on your production company, any of the bands where people can find out more about what you're doing. 
Sure, uh, I do appreciate it. It's called uh, Catzulu, K-A-T-Z-U-L-H-U. The website is catzulu.com. All of the files there, all the downloads are actually free, except for the radar record. Um, But every other thing that's on there, you can download for free. You can buy vinyls and I'll ship them to you. Um, And on Facebook, it's the same thing. It's uh, Facebook Catzulu. I have an Instagram account. Uh, my daughter runs it. I send her pictures and then she posts all the stuff for Instagram. She's really good at social media stuff because she's 23. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I just send her all the stuff and she, so all of my Instagram stuff is, is her. Um, if you contact Ormsby on Facebook, you'll be talking to me. So I do the Ormsby stuff. Dave does the uh, uh, email answering. I do the Facebook stuff. Um, so you should go to local shows and see as many bands as you can. That's always my advice. Hell yeah. yeah. I support that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's all, folks. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. One more time, Paul. Thanks for being thanks, here, man. my dude. I, appreciate I really it. appreciate it. Yeah. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode with somebody else doing somebody whatever. Cool. The, someone else cool. Yeah. Uh, same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2019. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Oh, I almost spilled that beer. Spilled. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How to move this microphone stand up in a beer in a beer safe zone. I'll just start podcasting like this. All right, that's it. And we are done, cool. dude. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was like, fuck, I looked at the thing. I was like, an hour 20 shit. What? Yeah. <laughs>